0: Welcome to getting to the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. Today, I am interviewing the co-founder of Puerto Rico Distillery, a father-daughter craft rum distillery located in Frederick, Maryland that's focused on family, culture, and traditions as embodied in Puerto Rican moonshine. Please welcome Crystal Rivera. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> See, I, I did that. I, I usually go with a little too much energy. I had to attenuate a little bit, bring it down. If I go too high and it's like, all right, a little less. If I go too low, it's like, come on, man, give me a little bit more energy. So I was right there. All
1: right. No, I appreciate it. I, I'm a, I'm an introvert, so I, I can meet you right here and then we'll just okay.
0: build up. We're, we're, on, we're on a very similar page. Um, I'm coming up on a birthday and I'm living, I'm living that real Like, Hey, you gotta be out there, man. It's like, I don't want to be. So. <laughs> Obviously, um, I've 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 had I've had some of the drinks, so we'll we'll talk about that. But give us those vital stats. Describe your work. And what was that that aha moment to really tell you or inform you to go into business?
1: Yeah, so um, in Puerto Rico, um, Pitorro, that's the nickname for it, is our version of moonshine. And um, there's a long standing tradition of it. Um, I was born on the island along with my sister, and um, although we were born there shortly after we started moving around because my dad was in the Navy, and so um, growing up, uh, going back to visit the island was always um, something that my parents, you know, Mm -hmm. really had it um, being like a a priority to keep us rooted in our culture and everything like that, Um, so uh, when we're younger, it's the food, it's the language, it's things like that. And when we came to an age appropriate level, um, you know, rum <laughs> became uh, part of that educational experience, uh, in Puerto Rico, that age appropriate level is, uh, not exactly the same over here. I'm not going to say exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, you're drinking with your family cause you're learning how to do it responsibly, yeah. you know? um so i me both me and my sister um you know we drank with our uh, abuelo with uh, our dad and they you know they're teaching us the history of it the the etiquette to it and um that became something that we would look forward to the one or two times a year that we would uh go down to the island to visit our family and 2018, right when um, Hurricane Maria was kind of happening, um, that was a moment that had a lot of people yeah. shook and um, obviously scared. Um, for me, uh, once I knew that everyone was OK, I um, found myself asking what was important. Uh, I used to uh, do work that I enjoyed. Uh, I worked in nonprofit and uh, with the uh, Restaurant Association of Maryland and then the National Restaurant Association uh, in their education foundation. Um, So I was kind of in that uh, restaurant management and uh, culinary arts uh, field, but um, I was helping other people reach their dreams, not necessarily pursuing my own. Uh, and, um, there was a moment that my dad and I were just kind of looking at each other being like, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we, uh, pursued this crazy yeah. dream that you've always had? My dad has always wanted to have a distillery and to do Pitorro, uh, the way that he thought that it really should be, uh, to do it, uh, justice. And I was like, well, I have savings. I can leave my job, uh, live off my savings for a little bit and, you know, we can give this a real shot. And that's kind of how that all that that leap yeah. took it was a year of uh doing research a year of looking for um the space that we wanted to to set up shop and um we opened our doors March uh, late March of 2020 right when everything was kind right. of closing down uh so uh starting off uh not exactly how we expected but uh I've just kind of looked at it like a slow motion grand opening
0: love it Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I heard in there a little, uh, rum 101 that was going on. (laughs) I, I think that's the best way to go about it though. Like, um, as, I, I talk, and this is, I guess, my snobbishness that's coming in. I know what to look for in things, and I, I, like when I came across like your stuff, I think it was in like maybe Wine Source or something in Baltimore, and I was like, all right, I was okay, like, what's yeah. this about? What's this rum about? Because usually, like my mom likes rum, so I have to kind of vet certain things. I was like, all right, what's a good rum, and so on, and I want to be in. You know, it was just like, OK, this is quality. I didn't finish the bottle. The bottle was supposed to you know, I finished the bottle. It was supposed to be for her. I ended up drinking the bottle. I was like, all right, all right, let me sort this out. Let me be a better son. But yes, I think I think going through that process of sitting down with someone and Kind of learning the culture that's uh, attached with, it and learning the story that's attached with something that adds meaning to it. That's that's as as valuable as having the drink and that camaraderie, that family, that that tradition, that unity. That makes a lot of sense. And I I always go back to is is not rum. But I always go back to um. This is one time in the barbershop I was hanging out with one of my buddies, and he pulled out the wild bottle of like mamawana, and I was like. All right. This is what we're doing right now. It's like you got a razor in your hand. You can't be cutting my hair with the razor. Can we? So but but still, I remember that more than sitting and maybe drinking a really quality drink. I remember the camaraderie more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So tell me about bringing this product and other Puerto Rican favorites to the region like like in honoring that history, that background and the, the history of rum, where does it fit within this market and what's the response been? You know, I know it's been that kind of cyclical long-term grand opening, but what's that response been so far?
1: It's been, um, it's been good and, and better than we expected, uh, all things considered, especially, um, we, we knew that there was a market for, um, for, anything um, Puerto Rico related. Um, Before opening the distillery and still to this day, although we're not as active, uh, my family also has a a nonprofit uh, called Cultura Planera. um, That in the DMV region, we play uh, bomba and plena music. Um, And so we'll put on community events like in local parks, uh, that most lately we've been with the sandy spring museum over in uh, taking County. notes <laughs> um, yeah and so um and we'll you know put together stuff that you can you like have live music um teach your kids uh, something about the island without necessarily going to the island and uh just kind of create that environment here and every time that we've done something um there's a lot of Puerto Ricans here probably more than people realize we're just spread out yep. <laughs>
0: I mean, like, it's like, I like dipping into the culture and not, not in a vulturey way, but in a, in an appreciative and, a, and in a learning way. And again, going back to just those experiences, I remember my first job, uh, just in that DMV area. And I was having a hard time, you know, you're out of college. You're like, what am I doing? Who am I? And, um, I was in an office. Somehow I lucked into this job. Like I don't speak Spanish. I spoke it all right then, but I am terrible and, uh, ended hey, up working hey. in a multilingual call center. So Spanish speaking call center. And it was two people that kind of took me under their wing. And one dude was a Puerto Rican dude who looks just like my actual dad. And. It, the running joke was, "That's your dad, and that's your mom." Like the Cuban lady in there is like, "That's your mom," and it's like, "You're adopted. You're one of us now." And it was always just kind of like, "Yo, you're looking out for me," and this this kind of wisdom and this this sharing thing that I always remember fondly. And whenever there was something like, "Yo, this is what used to happen on the island back in," it's like, "Yeah, tell me more, Jorge. Tell me more." <laughs> so it's, it's on my list of uh, places to to go um, once things get. Somewhat normal. I don't know.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, tell me about the process of making Pitoro. Um, How does it differ from like Bacardi and other rums? And how experimental do you get with ingredients and techniques? I've I've seen some flavors, and you know, I want to learn a little bit more about this.
1: Sure. So um rum is uh, any spirit that you're working with uh sugarcane but there's a lot of different ways that you can get to um to that starting point so you can be working with um fresh sugarcane juice uh you can be working with um uh granulated sugar uh like raw sugar um you can be working with um you know blackstrap molasses so depending on what Uh, you're using will give you different uh, flavor profiles. Um, And so um, when most people think of like a Bacardi type rum, uh, they're thinking of something uh, more... Um, more neutral more uh, lends itself to cocktails very uh, very sure. easily um, and um, there's a time and a place for that um, for what we do with the uh, it's a combination of um, of uh, sugar granulated sugar and um, and molasses that gives us the specific uh, flavor profile that we're looking for. Uh, Also, the yeast varietal, not to get too nerdy, but the specific yeast that we're using uh, is important in uh, how uh, it uh, ferments and then uh, kind of expresses itself uh, upon distillation. And all of that uh, gets you to um, a very specific, um, what I'm looking for at least, a very specific uh, nose and taste that, um, I can smell something and taste something, uh, blind and say, this is Pitorro, this is not, this is, uh, good Pitorro. This is not necessarily the best quality.
0: <laughs> this, this is mid-grade. I, I, I like that. Um, I, I I'm, I'm a, a wizard of the nose and the, the taste as well. Uh, um, so you're, you're, you're speaking my language, you're speaking uh-huh. my language there. And I like the nerdy stuff. Like get, get nerdy with it. I mean, you're, I think you're the the second uh, person from a distillery I've had on. So I like to get into the, the nerdiness of it. Um, uh,
1: what I'm looking for in Pitojo is uh, a little bit of funk to it in the nose um, that some people will compare to like a rum agricole in other parts of the Caribbean. Um, the taste has a lot more of the flavor. You can really taste the nature of the, the sugar cane. Uh, and uh, there's like a little bit of pepperiness to it, like a brightness that... Um, that, uh, is just kind of like livens it up. It's a big personality type of, uh, rum. So, um, when you're drinking it on its own, um, all of us, our stuff that we do, I always recommend, uh, that, uh, people like ease into it. It is 100 proof. Um, so, uh, but it's 100 for the sake of tradition, not for the sake of getting you like wasted or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're having the what we call the classic or, um, you know, if you're on the island and it's uh, unflavored, you call it without, um, you know, curing or flavoring. Um, So if you try that one, I always recommend you take like a baby sip to shock the taste buds. And then when you try it again, it's going to open up more and you're going to get more of those um, notes that I was talking about. Um, wow. with the other flavors, it's still strong. It's still 100, but the flavor, uh, the, of whatever you're, you're tasting, if it's a traditional, it's got raisins, prunes and cranberries. Um, if it's like the almond, then it may it has the almond, uh, flavor as well as, um, some honey and brown sugar, uh, the flavor like mellows it out and like smooth it, smooths out that bite. Um, yeah. so don't be fooled that, that it's smoother. <laughs> it's not strong.
0: <laughs> I dig it. Don't, don't get caught up. Um, so what is one part of the process and the distillation process, or even like the, the business side of things, do you think like it is crucial that others might overlook when they're trying to put either their product out there or working with customers? Tell me about that. Uh,
1: so for, for everything that we do, um, uh, you know, I know you're familiar because you mentioned it, Um, the the family, the culture and the tradition are first and foremost. Um, So as we are making decisions, um, we are constantly questioning, um, you know, if this is true to the tradition, if it's not. That doesn't mean it's a, a deal breaker. Um, we tend to uh, filter our pitojo so that the customer is getting one hundred like percent of like the liquid and no filler fruit um, to take mm-hmm. up that the volume of the bottle. Um, yeah. But traditionally, you wouldn't do that. Um, typically, you leave the fruit in the bottle to partially. Uh, act like as an identifying um, factor. If you see slices of mango, then you're like, oh, that, yeah, that, uh, that color, it may be similar to the other, uh, flavor, but you know, uh, I know that that's mango. Um, but, uh, also as long as the fruits are still in there, the, uh, curando process is still happening. Um, so for us to be able to accurately advertise that this is 100, we have to take that out. So um, for for us, I would say like that uh, crucial component um, is um, the the tradition and and like the, we can move towards um, modern aspects, like how we did with that filtering decision, Um, but it's with a deliberate like thought process and, and purpose in mind.
0: So it's, it's balancing like the, which, what you're doing with what the tradition looks like. And, cause I've, I've had a few, you know, we have, uh, as, you know, quasi, uh, Latinx folks that come through and it's like, hmm, what is this bottle, this suspicious bottle with this fruit in the bottle? I was like, oh, you eat the fruit. It's like, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So, like, I want to say it was like last Christmas, Um, one of my uh, girl's kids, uh, he's, um, his family's from Puerto Rico, and they came back with a bottle. I was like, what the fuck what is this? <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, just enjoy. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you just eating the fruit? I was like, you know you're going to be lit, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we warn people when they do it at home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... You, and you touched on this a little bit, I think. Um, so currently I see a bunch of different options on there. I see a few options that were on deck, um, tamarind, passion fruit. What's the most popular flavor? And what are some ingredients that are traditionally found on the island that are kind of challenging to source here or that they don't have that same, like this doesn't fit for this market?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, By far, the the most popular that we have and and my personal favorite um, is the traditional, uh, the one that I mentioned having uh, raisins, prunes and cranberries. Um, And and that's partially because of um, the history behind it. So we call it traditional because um, generationally, my great grandfather's generation would have been drinking it straight. It would would have been working long, hard days in the field. Um, right. You know, want to take the edge off the day, but also economically, they didn't have disposable income to be uh, spending on the flavoring ingredient. Uh, that was right. that was very much a luxury. Um, so, uh, my dad likes to say that. Um, my grandfather's generation, my abuelo, um, basically wimped out and they were like, "You, we don't want to drink it straight anymore. That, that's too hardcore. Like, let's find a, a way to flavor this and make it more mellow.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so raisins and prunes across the island is pretty much like the first uh, recipe that people came up with. It was shelf stable and, and uh, you know, a good economic price point. Um, and there may be a third ingredient that's unique to your particular family, or maybe you just keep it with the two. So in our family, we have the cranberries be, uh, that third ingredient, uh, my dad added. Uh, so I find that the tartness of the cranberries balances out the deeper notes of, uh, the other fruits. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and so people try that and they immediately like get nostalgic, you know, um, <laughs> that's and, uh, so it's my my abuelo's recipe, so I'm a little biased, but for me, it's, it's like first and foremost, like that, that I can have like any time and it's going to be like a tried and true one. Um, as far as uh, like the seasonal ones, I would say are um, I don't know if it's because people know that they're not around forever, um, but the the tamarindo, the tamarind that we recently came out with, um, we're, we plan on doing that once a year, and that's yeah. because it's um, one of the more difficult ones to source the the tamarind. Um, we 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 use fresh um, like. You know, hold t- uh, tamar- uh, tamarindo. Um, my uh, uh, my abuela lives with my grandpa uh, with my parents uh, down the street, yeah. and so we bring her like a big sack of <laughs> tamarindo, and she just peels them while she's watching novelas. It's uh, <laughs> great. Sack. Um, but um, we're using like the real ingredients, um, and that way, like it's that that traditional um, like you taste tamarindo and people are like, whoa. Um, that's one that people, because it's harder to find and, and more labor intensive, people taste right. that and they're like, yeah, that's the stuff. Um, oh, yeah. The other one that we um, we came out with was uh, Honey Mango. That was a collaboration with um, a fashion line, uh, Details Matter. Uh, they're down mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico that we were really excited about. So it's got uh, mango puree and honey mm-hmm. from the University of Maryland. Um, and so, um, you know, finding that balance and, and, you know, just kind of striking that chord. Um, but yeah, there has been some that we haven't, we wanted to do, but we haven't been able to pull off yet because it's, uh, you know, we just can't get the ingredient. Um, is, um, with, um, Um, so canapa, I don't know what the English word for it is, but, uh, it's got like a green shell. It's kind of like the size of, a uh, a fat grape and, and the, the shell's kind of hard. You can crack it with your teeth or with your nails. And then on the inside, it's like, a uh, soft, um, but like there's a a seed in the middle. So you gotta be careful when you're like, um, you know, sucking out the, the pulp, um, and they make that in Vieques and, and we've been wanting to do that. We even did a little test batch when we found uh, we were able to get our hands on it, but
0: yeah.
1: um, it, it spoiled. I think there was like some bacteria. And so for now, we're back to the drawing board uh, unless we can come up with a good source for but But yeah, it's not always easy to come up with um, the same recipes down uh, down there
0: yeah i mean there there are certain things that are great and then when you get them here you're like oh that's not here like i like i don't know like i look at beef and it's like oh this is this wagyu it's like that is japanese so why do we have wagyu here it's like no certain things are from the place (laughs) like you know we might have an approximation or what have you i get a little snobbish sometimes (laughs) like "Eh, that's eh, that's not traditional that's not what it is cool Mm -hmm. but Ultimately, if the spirit of what you're doing and obviously what you're doing has the tradition embedded in there, that's that's the tenement is running on. It's running on family and and those different elements that that's going to be on point or what have you. So it's just an open canvas, I think, mm-hmm. to kind of extend and using that as the, the, the beginning like thought like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This is what we're going to do. This has been vetted. You know, everyone has had their say. This is good. Um, yeah, definitely. The last question I have, before I get to some rapid fire questions that you be, should be terrified of. As, <laughs> as an introvert, you should be terrified. Um, small business owners discover hidden talents all the time. Necessity is the mother of invention. Um, what talent would you, like, would you like to have most? Uh, no, let me say it differently. What talent would you most like to have that you think would help you in a distillery? Mm.
1: I, I don't know if this counts as a talent, so uh, or if it's more like a knowledge skill set. Um, but I um, have been taking ap- active steps towards this um, from, because of my, my desire to, to attain this is um, learning ASL. Uh, uh-huh. So Frederick has a, a pretty uh, large um, you know, deaf and hard of hearing community. And especially with the, the pandemic, Um, you know, it's been difficult. They they can't read lips uh, as easily as they've been able to. And, um, and so, um, I've, always had that interest in it I found it fascinating um, and just never had um, the opportunity uh, to, to learn um, I finally bit the bullet and just went ahead and signed up for classes at our uh, local community college here in Frederick um, to so in a couple of weeks I start my first class with uh, ASL level one uh, I've gotten some basics st- um, you know uh, signs and uh, the alphabet um, but I, I've you know, essentially reach the point that, um, YouTube can no longer teach me, uh, what I need to know. I need to like, just go ahead and like manually, like get, get my hands dirty. Uh, but yeah, I want to, I want to be able to meet that community as uh, soon as we are here. Uh, people make the effort to to learn Spanish and, and it's always appreciated. Um, so I, I just want to recognize that.
0: I dig it. I mean, you can't just do like this all the time, just like the motion <laughs> of drinking. It's like, what are you saying? Uh, or uh, it's like money. It's like what? Like that's the exchange. It has to be more than that. It has to be deeper than that. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's great of looking at that, that customer base, that potential like community base. And it, ultimately, it goes to meeting people where they're at and being able to communicate. So I definitely applaud that. And it's ever growth, always growth. Mm-hmm. That's important. Absolutely. All right. So I got some rapid fire questions for you. You're gonna hate me after these. Just, just so you know. Let's go. There are five questions, and with them, unless you really, really, really want to provide extra context, you just can just answer them. Like I said, what I said. The answer is the answer. All right. First question: What's your favorite movie? Uh,
1: Final Destination.
0: Really? Okay. I like it. Uh. Okay. Okay. Uh. Because this has been recent, I've even seen it in very particular supermarkets. Uh, Coquito or pina colada? Uh,
1: pina colada.
0: Okay. What is your favorite journey? I try to live vicariously through people when they travel, and it's like I haven't been able to travel, so when people tell me a little bit that they've gone somewhere, I like to like live vicariously through that. So, what has been your your favorite journey?
1: Uh, so, my favorite travel experience. Yes. Um, I. A rapid virus, so I'm going to say Hawaii. Um, I've been there a couple times uh, and I'm, I'm always fascinated with similarities between Hawaii and Puerto Rico.
0: You know, that's, 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 a, that's actually a good one. And I never thought... Okay, cool, cool. Uh, this one is kind of a two-parter. Uh, podcasts, music, or silence in the distillery. And if it's not silence, what are you listening to?
1: Music. Out loud and then podcasts in my ear
0: okay any any particulars
1: uh podcasts
0: or more music uh, you know, <laughs> you know, a little, little inside uh inside baseball there if you will uh, uh
1: typically we have some uh bomba and plena music uh going we have it going on right now i hope you uh it's not messing up the audio uh and uh yeah. Uh, I, I have like a whole list of, of podcasts that like I just keep constant uh, and I listen to it like at 1.5 so that I can yeah. just like get through as much as possible.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the best way to listen to it. Um, <laughs> last one I have. Um, this is a ridiculous one. Uh, if you had to describe Puerto Rico distillery in three emojis, what would they be?
1: A Puerto Rican flag. Um the rum glass and the um uh, happy drool face emoji.
0: You had the best response to that question, by the way. Usually I was like, I don't use emojis. I was like, you're lying. Oh,
1: no, <laughs> I use emojis and I use memes like no one's business.
0: <laughs> okay, we're we're gonna be friends If you're a meme person, we're gonna be friends. Okay, I can dig it. Okay. Um that's all the questions that I have, and I want to thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. We did it, we made it happen. Um so I want to give you the opportunity to an, an invitation to shamelessly plug, plug away, PRD, do it.
1: Uh, you can find us at uh, uh Social medias are all kind of uh, correlated. So at Puerto Rico Distillery for, uh, for Instagram, uh, at PR Distillery for Twitter—that's not that active—but um, Facebook. Um, just look up um, Puerto Rico Distillery; you'll find us there. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, with uh, the COVID situation, um, you know, feel free to place curbside orders uh, on our online store, and we'll like safely. Um, go ahead and get you taken care of. Uh, but you can also find us um, uh, on our website. You can find the list of stores that you can um, find uh, Clandestino, uh, our rum. Uh, we're located throughout Maryland, and um, the only place out of state um, is in uh, Centerville, Virginia, for the Coast Guard uh, Exchange. So if you're military, you can get a little military discount too.
0: So there you have it, folks. Get, get, get some rum. Get some Puerto Rico distillery rum. Okay. Uh, I am Rob Lee for Crystal Rivera of the Puerto Rico distillery. I am Rob Lee saying that uh, there's rum, booze, culture, all of that good stuff in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.